You're listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in open, spontaneous debates and discussions about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand their musical horizons and cover a great range of genres and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and on social media at soundwisepod. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Soundrise Podcast. Alexander, how are you doing? How was your Christmas break? Hello Vlada, it's good to be back. Happy New Year to you and to all of our listeners and our entire fan base. Uh, I'm pretty good, spent the holidays well, uh, mostly with my family, chilling. I was also on um, on some sort of break from my work, so... I decided to spend it with music, Netflix, and and the scented ca- and scented candles, Vlada. How about you? Oh wow, sounds interesting. Um, my break was pretty exciting too because I got engaged, so that's a uh, big news in my life. Congratulations! Yes, thank you. And of course, um, I spent a lot of time with my family, with my fiance. Um, we just came back to Poland. We were in Serbia for a long time, for about five months, I think. So now we're back to Poland, and I'm very excited about uh, the vaccines and finally getting out of this hell that this pandemic has been. But um, it's been good lately, yes. So today we have a really interesting act that you chose for us, and I really like your choice. I think it, it's a band that there's a lot to talk about. Um, so tell me, who are we talking about today? Yep, uh, we're talking about Weezer, a famous rock band. Uh, the reason why I chose them because... I, I know the name, you know, it's been circulating around my social media a lot, but I never got into them. I never actually picked up one of their records and and listened to it. So I just thought that this would be a perfect ch- a perfect chance to uh, uh, dig up their, uh, their work, so to say. So let me share a few words about Weezer. Uh, they were founded in 1992 in Los Angeles, California. Uh, the lineup consists uh, currently of uh, Patrick Wilson, Brian Bell, uh, Rivers Cuomo, and uh, Scott Sh- Schreiner. Um, this is not really their standard lineup because, I mean, at this point it is, but uh, they have had some 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 changes in their lineup. Not not a lot of people, and I think most of them were bassists. Interestingly enough. Um, a massive band, uh, they have released around 13 studio albums so far, and they have got two albums scheduled for this year. Uh, one is about to come in the next couple of days, it's called OK Human. Um, the name was inspired by Radiohead's OK Computer. And the other one, which is I think scheduled for March this year, is called Van Weezer which is kind of interesting for our show because we have a Van Halen episode and the name of this album was actually inspired by Van Halen and it, and it, it is said to be also influenced by uh, the likes of Black Sabbath and obviously Van Halen. Oh, wow, some that, other... that sounds really cool. And, uh, you know, that's the thing about Weezer. I really like the whimsy that they have, you know, they never take themselves overly seriously 
And that's one thing that I appreciate about this band. Absolutely, absolutely. I think they have a lot of stuff in their arsenal, so we uh, we definitely respect it, and we'll also talk about it in a minute. So Weezer, um, as I said, a lot of studio albums and a lot of um, good ratings and accomplishments and uh, really good reviews. Um, what I also like about, about them is that they have a lot of self-titled albums uh, which only have a different color and that's why if you want to uh, if you want to kind of differentiate them you just uh, call them by their color which is kind of minimalistic and and also um, pays tribute to this silliness and this spontaneousness rather right yeah and uh, of course that goes back to the beatles in their white album which was um completely white right without anything other than the name of the band printed in a simple font however Weezer always has a picture of the band on the covers but yeah they're kind of infamous for those blue albums red albums and so on uh, that's one thing that I think everybody who follows music knows if they don't really know the band that well that's one thing that they might know uh, but yeah uh, the first record that you wanted us to talk about is the Blue Album, their debut, right? Exactly, and uh, we will also have another colored album, so to say. Uh, before we get to the Blue Album, I just want to share uh, a few more words. Um, this band was, uh, or not was, but it is pretty much consistent, even though they had a little hiatus um, back in the 90s uh, from 1997 to 2000 and after that hiatus they um, changed some band, band members and also adopted a new musical style so in the 90s they were more um, let's say rock alternative rock punk music also was uh, a big part of their uh, music in my in my opinion at least uh, while in the 2000s they adopted a more poppy sound um, and we decided to cover albums that um, that are about all of those phases, let's say. So, Vlada, the first album that we're going to talk about, as you announced, is the Blue Album from 1994, their debut album. Um, a very famous album, has numerous hits, so let me hear your thoughts first. All right, so um, first, first of all, I have to say that... Um, I, I've been familiar with this band for a long time. I remember them from way back in the 90s when I was just a kid. And I didn't really like them at first, to be honest. They just sounded too goofy to me, too silly. I couldn't really relate to that sound at the time. It just sounded kind of amateurish to, to my ears. But nowadays when I listen to it, I have a completely different perspective on it. First of all... Uh, with this record, I really like the guitar sound. Those crunchy, powerful guitars. Very 90s uh, or even 80s if we look at the likes of Dinosaur Jr. And I can't get enough of that powerful guitar sound, which is at the same time very catchy, very melodic. So it's not just mere power chords. And I, I like the way it fits with the rhythm section with which has this big sound big power pop sound and that's something that i've grown to appreciate especially on this record have to say when i started listening to it it took me some time to warm up to it but then some somewhere half through 
I really started enjoying the songs, especially this cluster in the middle with Buddy Holy, Undone, the sweater song, uh, Surf Wax America, and Say It Ain't So, which is, I think, an absolutely brilliant song on this record. Definitely a standout for me. Uh, love the power pop sound, love the hooks. So these are all great pop songs. Uh, even though they have that alternative, that big guitar sound that is so typical for the alternative bands uh, from the early to mid-90s. And uh, generally, I like the whimsy of the lyrics. That's one thing that I feel is a huge a huge selling point for this band. Uh, I think uh, Cuomo, as a songwriter, he doesn't take himself too seriously, but he's very witty. And... Uh, I like trying to decipher some of the lyrics, which are a bit, uh, a bit uh, too silly to say, to, to put it that way. Uh, sometimes it's it's not so easy to know what he's talking about, but most of the time it's kind of straightforward and easy to follow. And uh, you know, you get the idea of this person that's behind the lyrics, which I like. You know, like, okay, this is obviously this very nerdy person, somewhat, you know, maybe slightly uh, insecure about girls, but also uh, somewhat sweet, if I may say so. Uh, it, it's, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for the word insily. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so at all. I don't find that vibe. Did you find that vibe? No, 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 just joking. I, I, also, f f I also thought it was uh, kind of cute and, and, and interesting. Yeah, so I, I really like that. Um, and, and overall, I feel like this record has a potential to grow on me. I think I need to give it a few more listens, but I really enjoyed it throughout, uh, especially the last song, Only in Dreams. That was a very nice way to wrap up the record, especially given that it's eight minutes long and it has this really uh, nice section at the end where they just kind of tone it down and until, the, you know, this very long coda and I found it extremely enjoyable. I really dig their sound here. The guitar is especially, um, it has that sort of uh, Dinosaur Jr. feel to it, but also at, at moments... Um, it kind of changes, goes from these power chords to very clean sounding, um, clean sounding atmospheric guitar. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, how about you, Alexander? What did you think about this one? Um, I mostly, <clears throat> I mostly agree with you, except that uh, I got hooked up on this album right from the beginning. I thought that it was an amazing listen, really entertaining, uh, really powerful and, and uh, energetic. Um, also, you mentioned the 80s. So here's another point of view. If someone played this album to me and for, for the first time, okay? So if, if I heard this album without knowing the year, I would probably say okay probably late 90s early 2000s and then i thought maybe they were the first ones to do this kind of sound but now you mentioned the 80s and dinosaur jr so um i guess they were just influenced by some yeah, earlier but, but acts I, th I think you're sorry to interrupt you but i think you, you have a point 
yes, certainly they were influenced by some of the bands from the 80s, especially these underground alternative bands. But I think their sound, in essence, is, is very 90s. And it, I think they did pioneer some of the sound that they have. Like, I don't think that... I think they, they're quite unique. And that's one thing. Like, you, you hear a lot of bands from that era, uh, and especially later on, that kind of sound like Weezer. And I feel like Weezer had a huge impact on a lot of bands in America. Um, that kind of whimsical, uh, somewhat, uh, you know, sweet vocals. Yeah. Uh, you know, they kind of remind me of the Beach Boys, if the Beach Boys cranked up their guitars. And I think that's another thing that kind of... Um, goes well with me, you know, that Beach High Boys feel. High school punk rock. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like they have all these different elements. You know, in, in one of the songs, he mentions Kiss. I think it's the song In the Garage. Uh, yeah, so exactly. Kiss was obviously an influence on them. That kind of bubble uh, bubblegum type of rock that's fun, that's uh, somewhat simple, that's uh, digestible, accessible and can mean a lot, especially to a kid who's just starting out discovering rock music. This kind of sound is what people usually get hooked on uh, in their initial stages of discovering rock music. And that's really cool about this band. Totally agree. And especially that song, In the Garage, I really liked the chorus there and the self-deprecating lyrics. So, a lot of good songs here. You mentioned uh, the Sweater Song. I love the spontaneous chat that's, uh, you know, in the song uh, during the, you know, uh, while you're listening to the song, you can hear some chatter. Uh, Surf Wax America, It's that, that one's also good. It's, it's, it's kind of melodic. Um, Buddy Holly is probably the most famous track here. I still hear it nowadays on the radio. Um, and I love it. I think it's very, very catchy and, and very fun. So, overall, I dug the album, uh, like their aesthetics, um, the sound. I also like when they, um, when they kind of sync over each other. You know, you have two simultaneous vocals and they are kind of singing completely different uh, verses. Did, did you have the same impression? Did you spot that? Uh, yeah, yeah, there, there's stuff like that, and, and that's, uh, that's, I think, what they're all about, this kind of spontaneity and, like, switching things up a bit at times. Uh, yeah, very, a very cool touch, right? Yeah, and it still baffles me that this was a 1994 album, you know, I would, I would probably say 1999, maybe, because when you say 1994... I think of some other albums, but, you know, this is something new, so it's always good to discover new stuff. Okay, Vlada, so if you don't have anything else, we can now move to our ratings and uh, picking favorite songs. All right, so for me, definitely my highlight is Say It Ain't So. I think it's a wonderful power pop song, very catchy, very well written uh very original in a way uh i i i really really uh enjoyed listening to that one it, it stood out to me immediately so yeah and as for the rating i'm not quite sure because i feel like i might regret my rating i feel like 
I might grow to like this album even more than I do right now. But just to be on the side of caution, I'll give it a 7.5, which means it's a really, really good record that I can recommend to everyone. But I'm not quite sure it's worthy of some kind of masterpiece status. It's just not that kind of music to me. Just a really good, enjoyable record. All right, uh, fair enough. So uh, my rating is higher. I'm giving it 8.5. And I would agree with you that it's not a masterpiece, but it, it really aligns to my, it, it really aligns with my uh, music taste. So that's why I'm giving it such a high rating. And I might, I might sound totally biased, but that's okay. And I'm having a tough time picking the favorite track here because there are so many that I, that I liked. Um, yes, I have to praise the, the final track only in dreams, and that's also what's coming to my mind right now. But okay, let's go with Buddy Holly. I know it's a safe choice, but if you ask me, just pick this record up and listen to it from start to finish, guys. Okay, so now the next record on our list is the follow up Pink Pinkerton uh, from 1996, and I have to say that it was a it wasn't easy picking, you know, the, the next record because uh, these guys have a lot of uh, critically acclaimed albums in their collection. So, Vladan, Pinkerton was initially a commercial failure, you know, but uh, eventually it became a really big album and it, uh, received also, um, it received almost a cult status. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, Pinkerton, uh, that's an interesting story because it's an interesting follow-up to this large, huge, massive success of the first record. And now Pinkerton seems to be slightly more introspective. It, it's not stacked with such immediately catchy songs like the previous record, but nevertheless, it doesn't really fall back behind too much. You know, I think... It has its own merits, and I'm not surprised it's a huge classic nowadays, at least among Weezer fans. A lot of fans consider this to be their greatest achievement, at least artistically. And uh, I think it's, it's a good follow-up. I'm not sure if it's as good as the first record. Again, I feel like this has a huge potential to grow on me. I did enjoy it throughout. I think... Uh, uh, what I find interesting is that there seems to be some kind of thread in the lyrics, like he's talking about the same girl, like some uh, lady who plays cello that he's obviously uh, in love with. Uh, again, a lot of whimsy. The first song is called Tired of Sex, uh, which is a bit cringy, and I think it's deliberately cringy where he sings about having sex with different girls every week. You know, it's this kind of thing where... You imagine this very nerdy person, you know, trying to show off. And I think it's very tongue-in-cheek in that sense. So I, I really appreciate this kind of humor. Um, and I feel like the the more the record unravels, the better it gets, especially near the end. I like Pink Triangle as well, a really cool song. Um, he's basically complaining about not... Uh, managing to get the girl because she just uh, plays on a different team and he wasn't aware of that, of course. So uh, I like that kind of whimsy, his uh, overall attitude, not taking himself too seriously. 
but at the same time you can see a thread here that he sings about the same people or the same situation in his life. So I think he uses humor to deal with certain uh, certain things in his life, certain developments in his life. And so I think that might be the reason why some people think so highly of this record. It just seems to be more introspective, more cohesive than the first record, if not as catchy. And I, I definitely appreciate it for it. And I feel like if I continue listening to this, it might overtake the Blue Album. But for now, I would rate it slightly lower. Uh, what is your take? Um, yeah, um, I think that you have some good points and that, that I mostly agree with you. Um, now, I have to say, you know, since I was so impressed with the previous record, approaching Pinkerton was kind of full of probably unrealistic expectations, you know, in the sense of uh, I was expecting a Blue Album point two or something like that. You know, there are some similarities, but and in that sense, I think this album kind of let me down. I'm not saying that it's much, you know, behind the blue album but some elements are gone first i have to say the the first half the first half of the record to me sounded more rock oriented because the distorted guitar now sounded more powerful and less raw if if that makes sense i think it, it sounded just um more towards maybe hard rock or something that's uh okay let me let me uh, say this example maybe more towards Foo Fighters that kind of rock, uh, but just some elements of it. Um, the singing here is also not exactly like on the Blue album, so that was also a letdown. But overall, I get I totally get why this album is so popular nowadays and why it has that status. Um, okay, some of the songs that, that I liked, um, I think Across the Sea was the turning point when I actually started enjoying the record. Um, I liked the lyrics, which which were more emotional and probably a bit less silly compared to the Blue Album. Um, and uh, I think the bass here is still very pronounced. That's always a good, that's always a good thing for, for someone who's a bassist like me or a former bassist at this point. So, also like the... Oh, come on, don't be album. like that, a former bassist. Why? Why You might get back to it. Why would you say that? At this moment, okay, I'm just going to say, at this moment, I'm not an active bass, bass player. So, I think that, that sounds better, not, not dystopian like the previous sentence. So... Yeah, as I said, I like the, the album artwork as well. And overall, I think it's a very good record, I think. But not better than the Blue Album. And I think the punk, you know, the, the punk elements are less pronounced here compared to the Blue Album. Uh, I personally thought when I picked up the first record, I thought that this band is heavily influenced by punk and that all of their... Uh, musical work is uh, rooted in punk. This album kind of turned another way. So I, I don't uh, know. Yeah. I think that that aesthetics is still there. I mean, the the these big guitars, 
large booming drums and uh, the the pronounced bass like all these elements were there on the first record as well and i i think the change is more in terms of um how catchy and hooked filled the songs are not that there are no hooks here there are many hooks but i feel like yeah. the first record was kind of designed to catch the listener's attention but it wasn't maybe as cohesive as this one this one it feels like it has a better flow in a sense like the songs are more connected and there are threads going through the songs and i feel that that makes it extra enjoyable but yeah, there's some change in sound, but I feel like it's a very good follow-up and a lot of what's great about the first record is still present here with the added touch of something a bit different, something slightly different, maybe more introspection. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the whimsy is there as well. Most of the songs are very whimsical. So I don't know. I think uh, I feel like these two records are very good companions. Yeah, good point, definitely. Uh, there was one song that uh, reminded me of the elements that I liked about the Blow album. It's it's Why Bother? So, yeah, I can I can also single out that one. So, all right, Mada, uh, anything else to say about this record? Well, um, I just feel um, my greatest fear is that I might do a disservice to this record because it has such a huge status. But um, as of this moment, I don't think this is some kind of masterpiece or anything like that. I just find it very enjoyable. Um, so let's cut to the ratings then. Uh, if I was to give it a rating right now, it would be, I think, 7. So slightly worse than the previous one. But still a good record. Um, and I feel that that might change because... Uh, especially near the end, I really started to dig this record and I feel like I may need more time. And that's another thing about this because um, this record might take more time to sink in than the previous one, which is so punchy and immediate. And I think that might be the reason why it didn't sell as well. That might be the reason why it became a classic later on, because the listeners discovered that it's more layered, there's more to it, that uh, there's a certain touch of uh, intelligence that might have been absent from the first record. And I'm, of course, speaking uh, a bit speculatively, because I think that I definitely need more time to decide whether this record is better or worse than the previous one. Okay, um, my rating is 7.5, slightly higher than yours and uh, lower than the Blue Album, rec the Blue Album um, uh, rating and my standout track is Across the Sea. I think that was a good one. So speaking of time and getting uh, familiar with, with albums, Let's now move on to 2019, their newest, at, at this moment, this is their newest album, it's called The Black Album, obviously the, the original name is Weezer, but uh, since the album is in, is in the black color, um, most of us call it The Black Album. So Vlana, here I think the punk is gone, the rock is also kind of gone 
it's it's a completely different sound um it doesn't really remind you of the 90s weezer and tell me is this a good transition is this a, a good departure or how do you feel about it well i feel that uh the the name of the record says it all it's it's black indeed black in a sense that it's it's pretty awful um and oh yeah the, the, i thought that you would say oh the black helm you would maybe connect it to metallic no 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 <laughs> i'm sorry if, if my lame joke didn't go down well but the record is just not that good i mean it, it sounds like you know especially when you listen to those two from their early uh, stage and these are filled with energy great songwriting great playing uh amazing sound you know you really like the more you listen to it the more you dig the sound and then you move to this and it's like okay uh, i get it there are all these like pop elements it, it almost sounds like uh, one of those pop records um made by i don't know ariana grande or something and i get it it's a bit oh. tongue-in-cheek i get it, it's kind of ironic that they're doing this pop thing and this kind of production uh to be a bit ironic that's my impression like they want to capture a certain mood of the time like they want to capture the era and i think that that might even be a good idea you know in a sense but i just can't get into these songs it's just so boring um i know zombie bastards was kind of fun uh i still like that whimsy that they have but the whimsy can only get you so far if the sound is behind and I feel that the sound here just doesn't capture that same energy that their early records had. And that's very disappointing. Of course, bands have to change. Bands have to evolve, do different things. And I appreciate that. Uh, but I just can't get behind this record. Uh, I don't know. I just found it very flat, very uninspiring. Uh, I think that there's a reason why this band is not so relevant anymore. I mean, the most relevant thing about them lately was that they covered uh, Toto's Africa. Okay, so that was also kind of done for fun, to entertain the fans. But yeah, where's the substance? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... Um... I kind of feel the same. I think this album was a failed uh, experiment. Um, I was I was really shocked when I played this album. That you know, is this really Weezer? Is this like a, I don't know? Is this a mistake? What is going I mean, on here? It's because... Weezer without doubt. I mean, it's his. There's still his trademark sound there, like his songwriting, but it just falls flat because, I mean. I understand the change of sound, but why would you do away with the elements that were the best part of your overall sound? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, um, that that's a good point. And I also um, think the second track uh, was the best here, and it's kind of catchy, it's fun, but... The rest of the tracks are really hard to remember. I, I just remember, you know, um, you know, going towards the end of the album, just I just got lost, you know, I just forgot about uh, the lyrical content, the music. It all 
uh, sounded samey as you tend to say. So too uniform. Yes, it's like yeah. Uh, okay, you sound like a pop act. Uh, what's the catch? I don't know. I mean, is is that some kind of attempt at commentary about this modern age? And I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't get it. Maybe some of you who are Weezer fans can explain this to us and maybe give us a different perspective on this record because for all I know, I might be completely off here just based off a few listens that I had, right? But I just don't get it. Yeah, it, it would be really interesting to hear some Weezer fans. So guys, uh, uh, if some of you are, you know, big fans of Weezer, just let us know in the comments or whatever, get in touch with us and, you know, tell us uh, what was this, what was behind this idea? I know that uh, this is really reminiscent of the time, you know, late 2010s, a lot of similar music, uh, really radio friendly, but for fans like us, it's, it's not the best, it's not the best idea out there, but hey, you know, Weezer is pretty experimental, you know, we have some albums coming up, which are uh, really, um, really to related to rock, you know, Van Weezer is said to be a, a hard rock record, or at least influenced by hard rock bands from the 70s. So uh, let's be patient and see how that goes. But uh, this latest record, so to say, is just not my cup of tea. And I think a lot of the, that we have the same, let's say, standout track, uh, which I don't think it's really a standout. It just sounded slightly better than the rest of the record. So, yeah. yeah even that track was atrocious in a way, you know, like... Um, I, I don't know, just because... It the vocals listen. were just so... They were so... oh. So plastic, yeah. Yeah, that, that's and, the and I know. I think it's it's done as a tongue-in-cheek thing because I can't believe that that was done seriously. You know, I don't think this was serious. I think Weezer is the band that doesn't want to be serious. They refuse to be serious, and sometimes that works. You know, like I remember one of their records from I think ten years ago or so uh, was trashed by everyone, but it had a really cool single called uh, We Are All On Drugs. And, and that was so much fun to listen to. It wasn't serious in any way. The video was fun. Everything was so uh, so quirky. Uh, I really, really appreciate that side of them. But you can only take it so far. If you don't deliver the goods, if you don't deliver the sound, uh, the hooks, it will fall flat, just like this record. And... Uh, yeah. That's what I that's what I feel about this, and uh, yeah, uh, I don't think I have anything else to add. Um, so ratings, Alexander. Yeah, before I get, before I give you my rating, I just want to say, you know, looking at some ratings on Wikipedia, I know that they don't necessarily are relevant to our show, but this album is mostly or it's it's it has an average rating at best you know in most music magazines and if you take a look at the song titles california snow living in la piece of cake can't knock the hustle you know maybe there is some sense of irony there but the sound is just not good so maybe i don't know 
we'll see. So the ratings, um, ooh, not not easy because I don't want to sound too harsh. So let's go with 5.5, and the second track is, let's say, the standout track. How about you, Vlada? Uh, same with the standout track, so zombies. Um, but my rating is 4, which means it's oh. not an utter disaster. <laughs> it's not like, you know, like that corn record that we once reviewed. Uh, but, but it's below average. It's boring. I'm not going to listen to it anymore. I'm going to revisit the early records. I might listen to some other records of theirs because I do think it's a good band. I do think that this band was unique in some ways, but this is not their best moment. And this happens to a lot of bands after they release like 15 records or so. They just start uh, creating records that are dull, flat, uninspired. Uh, and that's okay. That's okay, that happens to everyone, even the greatest bands out there have their low moments. I mean, I can only think of a few artists who, who had long careers and never really made a dud, uh, but this is definitely a dud, in my opinion. I, I, I've just Because you were mentioning ratings, I did not look at any reviews prior to listening to this, I didn't want to be influenced, but now I took a look and Pitchfork gave it like 5.7 out of 10, and I think even that, I feel, is slightly generous in my mind. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, some other ratings are brutal. Um, like, um, the Kerrang! Uh, magazine gave it 2 out of 5. Um, that Rolling might Stone be too brutal, I think. 2.5, yeah, I don't all, know. Uh, well, All Music gave it 4 out of 5 stars, so... Wow. Who's the reviewer? Can you see? Let's see. Who's the reviewer? Yeah, let's see. I, I'm uh, not too oh, sure. Oh, it's, it's but... a really good one. Stephen Thomas Erlwine. I think he's like the most well-known reviewer um, on all music. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm looking at, at the blue record. Sorry. Let's see. The black. Yeah, it's also him. I think him. you were right. It's also him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah he's a great reviewer. Uh, so maybe he sees something in here that we missed. Maybe we're wrong. After all, this is all very subjective. So, uh, dear Weezer fans, let us know if you really like this record. Let us know what you appreciate about it, what it is that we're missing, that we're not hearing. That would be interesting to think about. And maybe we will then alter our, our ratings. Yeah, Not so likely. <laughs> okay so vlada is brutal today that's good that's that's good for the audience all right so uh guys uh, again thanks a lot for tuning in and listening to our little chat uh, we have some news for you uh we are now gonna release our episodes bi-weekly so not every week uh, like we used to because uh, of our uh, work and life commitments there are some um, chores that we have so to say so we will try to improve our content in the meantime and also bring you some new ideas and try to be uh, kind of um, uh, uh, innovative so stay tuned with us so two two episodes per month now and uh, we thank you for your patience and your support and uh, we always welcome your feedback right Lada? 
Yes, and uh, I hope that you will stick with us, even though we may not deliver the goods as often as usual. Uh, but we will definitely try to up our game even more um, and as we go along on this journey that I hope you enjoy together with us. Uh, so uh, we will also uh, make sure that our patrons are pleased so we will still have um, the polls and the patrons will still be able to choose the episodes, but perhaps uh, the, the rate, the pace of these episodes uh, will be slowed down so we may not have them uh, every month. We will see how we're going to work that out. We will let you know, of course. And I also want to thank all of our patrons and all of our supporters and the audience. We really appreciate you. Thanks to you. We keep doing this and we really enjoy it. It's a treat to talk about music and to listen to different artists every week. That's something that's very valuable to us, uh, mainly also as something that uh, we do together uh, as friends. And I feel that when you're with us, when you follow this, when you propose things, it makes it seem all the more worthwhile. So thank you so much for everything. All right, guys. So finally, um, follow our social media accounts, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The handle is the same, Sunrise Pod. And also check out our Patreon page where you can support us for as little as $1 per month. You can choose your tier and see all the benefits that go with each of them. So stay safe, uh, stay tuned with us, and we'll see you in two weeks. Write a review, and then you can share it. With the world. In any social media platform. And then your friends see it, and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and CastBox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day. Which is on the 8th of every month, of every year, of every century, of every... You get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. Because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day. Because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y.